Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in. It is indeed the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Some of you have met him, Zach Kelberman. Zach... My friend, not the greatest of news coming from ESPN relative to the availability of Aaron Rodgers. What have you heard? Yeah, uh, supposedly, or not supposedly, but uh, I can get into why uh, this was put out there. But Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reported that publicly and privately, Rodgers and the Packers are uh, on the same page. And they want A-Rod to come back. They don't want to trade him. And according to Fowler, they have no plans of trading Rodgers. Now, this comes out at a interesting time because he's still weighing his decision. Uh, he's still hemming and hawing on what to do, whether to force his way out, demand a trade, or stay with Green Bay for one more year, or maybe even retire. But supposedly, they have no plans to trade him. Not too surprising. I think it's a PR ploy by Green Bay maintaining or trying to gain back whatever leverage they lost in these sweepstakes. But it's ultimately up to A-Rod. If he wants out, he'll force his way out. Uh, A lot of things have to fall in place for that to happen, though. He has a monstrous salary cap number for 2022, and they would have to divvy that up with the receiving team for his services. But that's what they're saying right now, and they want to give him some space and give him some time and pretty much treat him like last offseason. All the reports say he has a more amended relationship with Brian Gutekunst, the GM, and also Mark Murphy, the CEO in Green Bay. Uh, Apparently, he's on good terms with head coach Matt LaFleur. But this is all speculation right now because until A-Rod decides and A-Rod says it publicly, word of Tom Brady, I'm not believing anyone. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Let me read the quote real quick. This is from Fowler, quote, I'm told the Packers brass has been adamant both publicly and privately that they want Aaron Rodgers back and that they're all on the same page. GM Brian Gutekunst has expressed that to Rodgers. Head coach Matt LaFleur has expressed that to Rodgers. They've been out full front and in public about that. But also I've been told they've had some meetings with Rodgers, but it's been, you know, not too intense yet. Closed quote. So, Zach, here's the problem. There's multiple problems with this, but let me start with one. Bronco fans, and I know we're in part responsible for getting people's hopes up because we talk about it on these podcasts. We got to fill the space with the topics that you care about. But Broncos fans, Zach, have gotten their hopes up as if this is Peyton Manning 2012, 10 years ago, where 
you know, it's just a competition to get his services. That's not exactly what this is. In fact, this is a more complex version of the Peyton Manning sweepstakes because not only are you in a prospective competition to woo him relative to other suitors, potentially interested, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, name it, but you, there's a third party. It's not just A-Rod saying, yeah, that's what I want to do. There's a third party that has a say in this, and that say can be analyzed, Zach, on multiple levels, including do we want to trade him in the first place, period? Like, is are we even willing and open to the possibility? B, uh, what's the package? And are we going to be okay if, let's say, Aaron Rodgers, Zach, is hell-bent on coming to Denver, he wants to be traded, and he wants to follow Nathaniel Hackett, cool, and the Packers acquiesce. Okay, there's there's one that's checked off the list. Two, though, is, all right, but the Tennessee Titans also want him, and they're willing to offer one additional first-round pick. So what's in it for us? We, we'd rather take that Titans deal. Bye-bye, Rodgers, to Denver. So that's why it gets so convoluted. This is one of those things where, Zach, and then I'm going to serve this back to you, it's not that we're going to stop talking about it. We're going to, because this is just one of what's going to be multiple reports that come out, and it's all piece to the puzzle. Uh, but until you hear a bona fide report, Zach, that the Green Bay Packers are acquiescing to the possibility of trading him. Try not to let your hopes get up too much. I mean, you guys got us effed up if you think that we're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, the Hall of Fame quarterback, future Hall of Fame quarterback, back-to-back MVP. When he's being connected to Denver, we're going to talk about that until he's not, until that situation's settled. Uh, Just a counterpoint, you brought up all these multiple reports and this and that. You brought up the Tennessee Titans. I even heard today, John Robinson said that Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback. And he goes, I don't know how many more times I have to say that. It's untenable for Tennessee to move on from Tannehill. That was a complex sentence to say, real tongue twister. And they're going to hold on, on to him for one more year, hoping they didn't plateau and they didn't see the best of Tannehill. It's not feasible for A-Rod to land there. There's the rumors that he's buying a house or building a house in Tennessee, all that stuff. It's all rumors. It's all conjecture. It's all speculation. And that's what it's going to be right now as of February 6th. Fortunately, Aaron said he's going to have a decision well, well before, or at least right before the start of free agency in mid-March. Out of respect for Green Bay, out of respect for Devontae Adams and everybody else. So this is not going to drag on until the draft, through the draft. We're going to have an answer, I think, fairly soon, next couple weeks, I think end of February for sure. But until then, like you said, all these different things are going to come out, and it's hard to really understand what the truth is. You know, it's somewhere in the middle, I suspect. I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers is kind of a mysterious character, right? Like, he really is kind of an odd duck and it, I, it's in a way that I like. Like I, I think it's kind of cool. He's a little bit of a punk rocker, kind of goes against the grain. That, to me, just with my personality type, is endearing. And so that's why when he does say things like, I don't, I want to stay with Nathaniel Hackett forever, and if Nathaniel Hackett leaves, you know, I'm going to follow him with a smirk on his face. It's like, how seriously do you take that? Especially, Zach, when it's in the middle of the football season, they got nothing but good things going on in Green Bay. They're cruising to a one seed. And, you know, it's like I can stand up here with the microphone on my face and lights on and and kind of joke around and let people run around chasing the rumors and trying to analyze the implications and all that. It's easy. Christian, thank you, buddy, for that super chat. He says, if if or when we get Rodgers, I love, uh, what is he, Iowa, uh, Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, whether it's the second round or trade into late round one. Zach, your thoughts on what I said and then whatever, Christian, your thoughts on uh, Trevor Penning. Well, you know, he might sneak into the first round, and I don't know that you would trade up all that capital. You might not have that capital anyway if you get Aaron Rodgers. You might not have a second round pick. You definitely won't have a first round pick. You might not have a third round pick. Penning, though, I'm really happy to hear all the reports, all the rumors, and all the the confirmations, including from people on the ground like Scott Kennedy and Luke Patterson from the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. The Broncos are prioritizing offensive line inside and outside. I love to hear it. Um, If they are in Penning's range or if he becomes available, I would love to see the Broncos invest in that position. I think he has the the, the mauling capabilities. I think he's a good fit for what Butch Berry, the new Broncos offensive lineman, or offensive line coach, wants to do in Denver. So I wouldn't mind that at all. I love his uh, Bolzian bully attitude, which he right. has, man. I mean, even that one clip Scott showed us when we had him on the show last week while he was in Mobile, it's like 
This dude's a little bit nasty. 6'7", 330 pounds. He's legit, legit. And uh, as Scott likes to mention, because this guy I'm about, I'm about to float here, was one of his darlings of the 2021 class, Spencer Brown. Northern Iowa had Penning on one side, Brown on one side for a while at tackle. Talk about bookends. Travis Tarbox, great to see you, big dog. Thank you for the stars, my friend. You are a prince, believe. Um, so, Zach, at the end of the day, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, then I want to get to the coaches, yeah. and we'll see what else is on everybody's mind here. I don't think this should be viewed in any way, shape, or form. as It's a little disconcerting, but I don't think it should be viewed in any way by Bronco fans as closing the door. All it is is a really kind of stark reminder that until it's a thing, it's not a thing. But there's too much smoke that's been billowing for coming up on a year now for there have not for there to not be some modicum of a flame at the base of that. And I frankly, with how hard Aaron Rodgers Zach was strong trying to strong arm his way out of Green Bay, uh, right when the draft started last year. I have that I find it hard to believe that he suddenly will make nice with Gudekunst and you know um water under the bridge. Let's go. I just I see the reaction from Broncos country and Aaron Rodgers liking a tweet from Alan Lazard talking about how team meetings in Denver under Nathaniel Hackett must be amazing and people are reading so much into that and I understand I mean the desperation of the last now going on seven years in the post Peyton Manning era all the failed quarterbacks all the bad offenses the prospect of getting Aaron Rodgers is tantalizing it's more mouth watering but don't hang your hat on that happening don't uh, you know, put all your eggs in the Aaron basket, the Russell basket, the Deshaun basket, or even the Kirk Cousins basket. The Broncos were at the Senior Bowl. They scouted up close and personal. The quarterbacks there, including Malik Willis. Now you have a head coach in place. This is the good. This is the the parachute of having Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. If you have to draft a quarterback, whatever quarterback you give him, you have confidence he can develop that guy into a capable starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Even if you don't get A-Rod, you have a fallback plan, be it another free agent that's a little cheaper and more likely or more plausible, or maybe even a rookie like Malik Willis or et cetera. That's the beauty of having Hackett, in my opinion. There will be new quarterback blood this year. There will be. For whether sure. it's NFL guys or college guys through the draft, there is going to be some new blood in Denver. We'll see at what magnitude or what caliber. Dylan... MHH moderator, longtime member of this community, jumping in to say, I know there are a lot of fans that would be happy if Rodgers doesn't get traded here, but that would only mean, Zach, the focus shifts to Kirk Cousins or Jimmy G. So that's one of the things. Be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. Now, Kirk Cousins would be a vast upgrade. I mean, vast yes. might not be the right word, but significant upgrade over Drew Locke. I'm, I still, I just, I don't know, man. Kirk Cousins has never done it for me ever. Even back when he was a possibility for Denver in, uh, was it the year Keenum came? 18, I think it was, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about him, dude. I just don't buy. Yeah, I think I'm in the minority on Jimmy G, which is no surprise, on Jimmy G and also Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. I hate him at his current salary. I said this before. And by the way, on KK, thank you all for joining me on that earlier this afternoon. I mentioned real quick on Aaron, there's only three possibilities, Chad, in my book. Then I'll get to Kirk Cousins. It's either he stays in Green Bay, he comes to Denver, or he retires. To me, it's as simple as that. So uh, that's what we have to work with as of now, and hopefully we'll have more going forward. In terms of Cousins, you can win with him. If you look at the stats and break down what Clint Kubiak, the new Broncos quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator, did with Cousins in his only year last year as offensive coordinator, they put up some numbers. I know he had talent around him, Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, he had Thielen for a while, but Cousins is a, an efficient quarterback and you can win some ball games. Question what you can do in the postseason, but I'd be happy just getting there at this point, Chad, after the, again, the last seven years of post Peyton Manning. So, again, not at $45 million, Kirk Cousins, but you want to have that? You want to give me Kirk Cousins at $15 million? If I can't get Aaron, I can't get Russell, I can't get a better quarterback, I'd be okay with that. I feel you. I mean, it's I'm not just, I'm not saying here uh, that I'm an absolute hard no on Kirk Cousins, but relative to the cost it would probably take to get him and his 
cap number. I'm I'm a little wary. Let's just leave it at that for I'm now. I'm a hard no on Jimmy G, though, for sure. I want 100% nothing to do with him. Andrew Lampy in the house. It's been great seeing you back in the chat lately, my friend. We missed you for a minute there. You kind of disappeared on us, and Zach and I and Scott and all the dudes were like, what happened to Lampy? Where'd he go? And he's back. We don't have to wonder anymore. You're a prince. Thank you for the support, my friend. Here's an update, guys, as we are now six days into the month of February. We're trying to reach 250,000 stars once again on Facebook. When we do, we're raffling off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And only six days in, we're 15% complete. So that is good news. Now, remember, guys, if you're on Facebook, the only people in the running for that raffle are those who contributed to the goal. And Facebook makes it easy on Mile High Huddle by keeping track of who that is. Here's who's going to have the most tickets in the hat if, per se, we were going to do the raffle tomorrow. Michael Ronquillo, Zach, at the top, throwing down, followed by Mark Schrader at two. Great to see Rodney Garcia, Miguel Santistevon, Jacob Foster, Travis Tarbox, Pete Middleton, Doug Raquel, Andrew Lampy. There he is. Joshua Mize at 10. And then just outside the top 10, guys like Phil, Andrew, Lawrence, Patrick, Slim Broncos, all Chris, legendary Chris. All these guys are going to have tickets in the hat. So appreciate you guys very much. Uh, another guy I appreciate. By the way, Diamond, we need to talk. I can't find a Demarius Thomas jersey to save my life. I mean, it's have you seen did you get my email? Because we need to figure out if we would just want to hold on till one pops up, because I look just about every day, or if you want to do something else. But Check out that email and reply to me. Thank you for the super chat. Rogers, Russell, no elite quarterback is coming here. We had Elway. We had Manning. We're done. So, Zach, Diamond is saying, look, it's time to face the facts. If the Broncos are going to have themselves a franchise quarterback, they're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. I mean, I agree with that sentiment, and I would love to see him do that. But you just question whether there's a guy in the draft that's worthy of of holding that mantle. You know, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, et cetera. I agree that Russell Wilson, my opinion, that's more unlikely than Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is as you know unlikely enough. But there's never say never. How many Broncos fans thought they were getting Peyton Manning back in 2012? Uh, I think a smaller uh, percentage than uh, Titans fans at the time, Chad, for example. So. Um, Again, I, I I urge Broncos country not to hold out hope for Aaron, not to guarantee it only because they hire Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen. It increases their percentage of it happening if it does. But Chad laid out, I've laid out all the dominoes that have to fall for that. And back-to-back MVPs, quarterbacks don't get traded very often in this business, Chad. I mean, you, that front office and that football executive leadership group there in Green Bay would – seriously risk um, tempting the football fates if they trade a back-to-back NFL MVP, even one entering his age 39 season. I mean, you're just begging for the football gods to come down on you. Uh, Jeff here, though, Zach, I want to just shift gears for a second. This is an interesting comment. He says, because Pro Bowl, right, here we go. Is it on right now? I don't even care. I don't watch it. Haven't watched a Pro Bowl in 20 years. I haven't either. In fact, I think the last Pro Bowl I watched, like front to back, was in the 90s when Bronco wide receiver Anthony Miller made the Pro Bowl. So that had to have been like 94, 95. That's how long it's been for me. Well, let me fill in the the blanks for you today, Chad. I uh, Based on the Twitter reaction, I didn't put it on because the Pro Bowl is, is a joke now. Uh, but it got to comical heights today, apparently. Players seemingly agree not to tackle each other. There were more, I think, defensive scores on like pick sixes and there were offensive scores. It was just a joke and a sham of a game. The NFL should definitely cancel that part of it. And that's why all pro nowadays is more, uh, I think, uh, reputable in terms of judging a player's ability or their laurels for a season. I miss the Sean Taylor blowing up punters in the Pro Bowl. That's the Pro Bowl I like, not what's going on nowadays. Pretty pathetic. Ronnie, the uh, craftsman behind these rad little trinkets, these totems, as it were. We've given out a few. They're really cool. You're a freaking stud. Appreciate you, Ronnie. Uh, He says, unpopular opinion. I don't want Rodgers in Denver. Eh, It's fine. No big deal. You, You want what you want. You like what you like. But you know what? Here's the thing, Zach. Before we get off of Pro Bowl and then we'll grab Beto here. 
the one downside I want to remind everybody, because I'm seeing a lot of this in the chat. Well, oh, Justin Simmons should have been in the Pro Bowl, this and that. While it's absolutely true that he was snubbed, that was the one downside to the Kansas City Chiefs. Not advancing to the Super Bowl was it guaranteed Simmons and Bowles wouldn't be playing in the Pro Bowl as first alternates. I love being in the minority because was he snubbed, though? Honestly, I mean, was was he a top three safety in the AFC? I, I, I'm not sure about I do think Patrick Sertan was snubbed for sure. Uh, he had better ratings according to Pro Football Focus. And for a rookie, uh, he made those impact plays and was pretty locked down in coverage. But again, it's just a joke of a of a game. I use that in quotations now. People put that on the resume. Uh, it still draws some ratings. But today I learned people actually still watch the Pro Bowl. So that, that's been interesting. Was John Settle really the last undrafted running or first, pardon, uh, undrafted free agent running back to rush for a thou? That's interesting. Philip Lindsay. I mean, think of the Broncos guys. Just Philip Lindsay and CJ Anderson alone have two undrafted cats post Shanahan era, by the way, when it was pull a dude off the street and put him behind that Bronco O-line and they're going to bust off 12 hun for you. Pretty cool. Beto. Hey guys, with all this Rogers talk, I'd like to ask you if Derek Carr, I'm sure you're, you're asking would be feasible. David, I don't think he's suited up in many, many moons, right? Uh, so Derek Carr, would he be feasible? Little hoodie wants Jimmy G. Raiders going to Raider, go Broncos. Have you heard that, that he wants Jimmy Zizak? I mean, from a reputable no, source. I have not, and I don't know why he would because uh, Derek Carr craps all over Jimmy G as a franchise quarterback or even a quarterback in general. Supposedly, McDaniels took that job in Vegas because of Derek Carr. I don't think he's going to turn around and trade him. I don't know his cap number. I think it's fairly manageable, though, in terms of what he has remaining. I think it is one year before he's a free agent. He's angling for an extension, though, so that's always coming into play. He'll probably top $40 million a year, and he deserves it, unlike Jimmy G. But I haven't heard that particular rumor. All right. Um, should we talk about the house cleaning currently underway in Denver? Nathaniel Hackett has handed the walking papers, Zach, to multiple coaches. Let's, let's kind of slice through this real quick um miguel says real quick what's up fellas i know we're gonna beat this dead horse for a while but do you think rogers would want to come to the afc west for the challenge being that he owns the nfc north this is an interesting topic because this is um in fact a topic our kenneth booker mined over the weekend i think friday might have been yesterday he published a story basically saying all the reasons people are saying aaron Rodgers would be unwise to come to the afc west in other words cranking up that level of competition are exactly the reasons why if he wants to really take his legacy as a quarterback, Zach, to the next level, these are exactly the reasons why Rodgers should come to the AFC West. But let me tell you, if the, if Aaron Rodgers, Zach, lands in Denver, screw what Rex Ryan said. Oh, he's the, he'd become the third best quarterback in the AFC West. That's BS. All right. But it would be a freaking appointment watching when the Broncos drew the Chiefs, Mahomes versus Rodgers twice a, a year for however long Rodgers went. I mean, that'd be dope. I mean, production-based business, you can argue that he'd be the best quarterback in the in the West based on the way Mahomes was playing, at least in the AFC title game, Chad. Um, I don't know about legacy. I don't know about the motivational factor. He's reached the mountaintop. He's, he has a ring. He has multiple MVPs now, multiple Pro Bowls. He's heading to the Hall of Fame when he retires. The only thing is, do you want to enter the same class as Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady if you hang up your cleats today? That's the only thing giving me pause. But again, don't assume just because he might continue playing that he might continue playing elsewhere, like with the Broncos. There's a very realistic chance I think he comes back to Green Bay. He is a punk rocker, so he could go against the grain here. But I think that's a really great, Zach, what you just brought up. Uh, initial tell or indicator to forecast, is he going to retire? No. You want to vie with Big Ben and Tom Brady? For your first year of Hall of Fame eligibility? Nah, Just Tom Brady. Who cares about Big Ben on that day? It's That's going to be all Brady all day. Real quick, though, let's uh, talk about this from Mike Kliss. Now, you know, we know long before this weekend that Nathaniel Hackett picked up the phone upon arriving in Denver and informed Pat Shermer his services are no longer required in Denver. But over the last few days, more and more news has trickled out. I mean, we knew Mike Munchak is out with the hire of uh, – Butch Berry, but here's what Mike Kliss and others have reported. 
the list of coaches dismissed by Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, and then I want to get your take on the implications. Uh, so far, Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator holdover under Fangio, hit the bricks. Linebackers coach Reggie Herring hit the bricks. Defensive pass game coordinator Chris Beak hit the bricks. Now Herring and Beak were on the Super Bowl 50 coaching staff. Tight ends coach Wade Harmon hit the bricks. Assistant DL coach Mike Highstand hit the bricks. And then an offensive quality control coach Chris Cook. Now, Zach, the Reggie Herring, of all the ones here that actually concern me the most, it might be Reggie Herring just because – Nailed it. I mean, Reggie landed here and turned a sixth-round guy who couldn't stay healthy in Danny Trevathan into a Pro Bowl caliber guy. Got him – helped get him paid by the Chicago Bears. Brandon Marshall – former fifth round pick of the Jaguars washed out there practice squad guy turned that into arguably at least that year, the best off ball linebacker duo in the league. Then he goes on and makes hay with Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis. He turns him into a guy that can get paid. And then even of course, Baron Browning and Jonas Griffith this past season when uh, Jewell and Johnson got hurt. So that's the only one that I doubt a little bit, but what's your uh, reaction to the bloodbath as it were? I fully agree with you. People talk about Mike Munchak, again, being in the minority. I think he was a tad overrated during his time in Denver. And by the way, just as a quick aside, I saw Black Knight say that Cliss reported Carr requested his release. I just looked on Twitter. I didn't see that. So if that's true, drop that into the uh, chat. I want to see that. But uh, Herring is a guy who spanned multiple regimes, first from the, you know, the Kubiak era, then the Vance era, then the Vic era. And that's the that's the harsh part of the business. Sometimes a new coach comes in and completely cleans house and gets his own guys in the building. But you mentioned AJ Johnson and Jewel specifically. They were the Broncos' two leading tacklers in 2020 combined. J- Johnson and Jewel. At the time of Johnson's injury this season, he was the third-ranked linebacker in the entire NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. And then he made hay, as you said, with Jonas Griffith, uh, Baron Browning. Griffith was, I think, a 90.7 PFF coverage rating heading into late December. That's a coach who can make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, Chad. And that's the one that I think they might regret, but let's see who they get to replace him. I'm hoping that the fact that no news has come on this is good news. Bill Kalar. Yes. Zach Azani, wide yes. receivers, uh, and then, of course, Curtis Modkins. Those three, I'm going to take it as a silver lining development that there has been no news of their dismissal up to this point because those three are, along with Reggie Herring, those four guys are four of the best in the business. And even uh, Ed Donatello as a secondary coach, I mean, yeah. he wasn't viewing him, obviously. Hackett wasn't viewing him as a defensive coordinator candidate in, for under his regime, and there's a reason for that, guys. It's not because – Donatel isn't qualified. It's not because Donatel wouldn't make for a good defensive coordinator. It's that you got to exercise the authority demons of the past regime. There can be no question of who's the boss in Denver now that I, Nathaniel Hackett, am here. And, um, you know, seeing seeing Ed running around, God bless him. He's a sweet man. That would have just been a harsh reminder of and just perhaps a, a conflict, Zach, and then we'll grab Justin. I'd rather take CP Christian Parker, who has more of a ceiling as as a coach, and he did a lot of good work in the secondary last year with Denver. Um, I I think the Broncos, George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett are making, and this is my read, a concerted effort to get younger and remove as much as the Fangio era as possible. And Ed Donatel, Mike Munchak, Reggie Herring, those kind of guys, that's what kind of leads me to a bad feeling about Bill Kalar. You know, a, a NFL lifer. He spanned multiple regimes. I hope he stays, but I can see Nathaniel Hackett also parting ways. Uh, conversely, that would work in a person like um, Zach Azani's favor, who's a younger coach. He seems to have a lot of energy, and he's a good work with the receiving core. So we'll see uh, uh, what the Broncos have lined up. Real quick, though, to replace Wade Harmon, who they let go, they're bringing in for an interview, John Embry who had the same position with the Niners last year. I just love what the Broncos are doing, raiding the staffs of Green Bay and San Francisco, two of the best offenses in the NFL, plucking from those trees. Great developments, though, specifically for Noah Fan and Albert O, if they're part of the team and don't go on a Rodgers trade. You hire Justin Nowton as OC. He was the tight ends coach at Green Bay. Now you bring along a San Francisco tight ends coach in John Embry, potentially. I like the, uh, the way things are moving. I'm not huge on Embry for what it's worth, but most of my perception of Embry is as the head coach of the CU Buffs and what a freaking crap show that was. Um, 
but let's let's grab Justin, who's been really patient, boy. And this is a good point, real quick, that Scott brings up here. If you're seen as loyal to the last guy, goodbye. And that's why you're yeah. gonna. That's why who we just listed is, are, are gone. A big reason why, anyway. Justin, thank you for that great symbolic super chat, my friend. He says if the Broncos don't end up with any free agent quarterback and run it back with Drew Locke or a rookie, who? would you like Denver to sign in free agency? Do you have your heart, Zach, set on any particular free agent hitting the pool this year? I mean, no one – we can pull up the list, but no one jumps out to me. I certainly would not bring back Teddy Bridgewater, supposedly at, at the, uh, the 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 cost people are throwing out there for him. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, there's not a, it's not a deep pool as always. I don't think you can find a franchise quarterback on the open market. I would like to have a young franchise quarterback. I don't think, though, they're going to run it back and give Locke the job. A lot would have to happen for that to take place. Again, though, they were at the Senior Bowl. They saw Malik Willis. That they fall in love with him. Number nine, you never know. Um, we can actually take a look here at some of the names. By the way, Jake King. Appreciate you, my dog. He says, I hope we land Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. We'll put a pin in that. We'll come back. Trust. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Uh, let's flush this out a little bit. So look who is the number one free agent overall, according to Over the Cap. It's Vaughn Miller. But here are just a few of the names. All right. These are just in no particular positional order. This is just the guys with the most juice. Okay. Vaughn, Brandon Scherf, the Washington perennial Right guard, pro bowler. Wide receiver, Allen Robinson of the Bears. Don't need him. Chandler Jones, interesting, from the Cardinals, who just refuses to go the way of the Buffalo. 32. Vaughn's 33. Chris Godwin, all right, of the Bucks. They might be inclined to let him hit the bricks, perhaps, now that Tom hung up his cleats and maybe they're starting over. Uh, Devontae Adams, we've talked a lot about him, but you don't really need either of those guys. Uh, the Honey Badger, who's going to be or is 30. Cam Robinson, Stephen, uh, Stephon Gilmore, the corner, um, Teron Armstead of the Saints. I mean, I'm looking at this list, Zach. I don't know if anyone jumps out to you, but no one here is – I mean, Ryan Jensen, but you brought back Glasgow. So if you really wanted to upgrade center, you have – you sit down Lloyd, you, you kick Glasgow over, and you have uh, Quinn Miners start at right guard and Dalton Reisner at left guard. Well, Chad, uh, Scott said that uh, it's sorted by 2021 compensation, so I don't know how accurate that is. is but it, okay. at first glance, that's a really underwhelming list of mostly washed or previously injured veterans. And Chandler Jones stands out to me because the Broncos need an edge, but I feel like he's going to garner just a, a really ridiculous contract. I don't think the Broncos would want to overpay. I'd rather give Randy Gregory a contract for a couple years, pay him some money. I think you have higher upside with him, but on first glance – we have, to, we have to look at quarterbacks too. Let's just real quick. We'll look at three positions and then we'll move on. Why uh, edge, tackle, and Q. So you don't completely discount the possibility of Vaughn returning, but definitely don't do not expect that. Uh, Chandler Jones, he's old enough to where you know he's at a t- point in his career where he's basically doing the Dwight Freeney thing. Like or I, that's what I expect him to do. He'll go be a one-year mercenary until NFL teams tell him, "Well, we don't want to pay you anymore." Uh, probably the same for Jason Pierre-Paul and Jerry Hughes for what and it's Clowney. worth. And Clowney. And Clowney. Clowney's only 29, though, for what it's worth. Um, I'm looking at – Reddick interests me, but his production in Carolina, he's coming off on – he comes off to me as kind of a one-year wonder. I know he's a former first-round pick and all. Uh, Fowler, nah. McKinley, nah. Melvin Ingram, to me, is actually a little bit interesting, even though, you know, He's 33. He's up there. So if you can get him for a mercenary caliber one-year deal. No more former Chargers that are named Melvin, Chad. No more. <laughs> good good point. I'm not seeing any game changers here per se for the Denver Broncos, although several of these guys obviously would, would produce, I'm sure, in uh, whatever scheme ends up coming here. But that's edge rusher. Zach, any thoughts on that? And I'm going to pull up uh, tackle. Maybe I'm crazy, but when I watched Reddick play for Carolina, I thought he was flying around the football and making a lot of plays for that defense. I think he was the captain as well. So, uh, again, the guy that's uh, qualified to be overpaid, I don't think George Payton is going to blow a lot of money at that position considering he can replenish it through the draft. But that would be a guy, him and Randy Gregory, that are uh, topping my list. This is bizarre. Oh, I see what I'm doing here. Okay, let me let me unclick there, unclick there, unclick there. 
All right, right tackle, Trent Brown, Riley Reef or Rife, however you want to say that cat's name, who was once heavily tied to the Broncos, Zach, if we can remember those rumors back when he first left, uh, was it Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Shell, Jermaine Afidi. He's somewhat interesting to me. This cat as a right. This tackle. is a terrible <laughs> class. Morgan oh, Moses. Nah, we all know uh, how posterized Mike Remmers can be <laughs> in the wrong moments. I mean, of this list, throw a few dollars at Bobby Massey and just say, "Hey, come be our just in case guy." Uh, I'm not interested in Cam Fleming coming back. No. I am a little bit interested in Dennis Kelly still. I don't know, especially but, if you get his quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. But that's the right tackle crop. And then here's your quarterbacks, guys. Uh, Ben off the list, of course. Uh, Hold your nose, guys. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton. Uh, Oops, I got to leave. I got to unclick right tackle. Uh, Cam Newton, nah. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod, pardon me, nah. What about Jameis Winston, Zach? I am. He would be the only guy on the that I can see with my eyes right now that I would even slightly in, in I know Scott's shaking his head right now. He did some good work in his last year in Tampa Bay. I know he led the league in picks, but he he asked, actually actually also led the league in uh, passing yards as well. I think he grew under Sean Payton as a passer. He's like my plan J for Jameis Chad, but uh, among this crop, people are saying Mitchell Trubisky as well, but he's still Mitchell Trubisky. I want nothing to do with him. Overall, it's pretty bad. Oh man, too many familiar names on this list too. For what it's worth, don't discount James going back to Tampa Bay. By the way, now that Brady retired, I mean, look at these f- list of former Broncos, dude. From Teddy to Flacco to Brandon Allen uh, to Trevor Simeon to there's one more. Who was? Oh well, you're not, we're not going to count Brett Rippon. He'll be at least ERFA'd, and we'll see if he makes the club. But uh, Oh, Jeff Driscoll, lest, lest we forget. But guys, we should have forgotten about him. There's nothing here to write home about whatsoever. That's why it's either you, you orchestrate a trade, which is hard to do for a true franchise quarterback, or you're going back to the draft, or you're rolling with Drew again. Uh, Rodney says, no, Jameis. He's coming off a torn ACL. He'll be good. I don't trip on that for quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, He's good. Lawrence, appreciate you, big dog. I don't know, guys. Just seems like a lot of holes that need to be filled right now. Really looks like a full rebuild mode if something big doesn't happen. Hard to say. Uh, will We will get the same number of wins or better. Uh, yeah, I think it's the floor of this team is about what they did this past season. But, you know, seven, eight wins is probably the floor. The floor. I think you make the right personnel decisions. You, if you manage to, even if you don't get an upgrade at quarterback, Zach, and you run it back with Drew, let's just say, and a rookie, a rookie that's learning on the job, and we're going to go with Drew for a while. Like under Nathaniel Hackett, you might be able to make some hay with Drew Locke. Don't discount that. Well, Lawrence, I have to ask you, how many games do you think the Broncos lost last year, purely or mostly because of their coaching? I could say two or three you know, at the minimum. So you factor that and that's almost a playoff team. I agree fully with Chad at floor. They should be seven, eight wins. Just on the, the virtue of having better coaching, but you put Aaron Rodgers on this team or uh, Russell Wilson, that to me, they stay healthy. That's a 12, 13 win team. They're competing for a lot more than a playoff berth. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too down if you don't see a big quarterback coming to the Broncos and big, I, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, because by the virtue of having better coaching and better situational management, better play calling, they'll have more wins in the stack column. Indeed. Travis says, I actually agree with you, Zach. Cousins at 15 mil. I'm about it. They can they can make the playoffs with him. You can you can argue he'll, he's not the one to take you to the Super Bowl, but I'll cross that bridge at fifteen million dollars, not forty five. All right, no guys, way. we are at thirty seven minutes. So any burning topics you want to get to, get them in. We still got a little bit of time, but just letting you know, Kevin Vin jumping in, big dog. Appreciate you. Um, we just went through the edge rushers. There are a couple of names there that are at least intriguing, like you know mercenary types that could maybe come in on a one or two year deal and, and get after the quarterback for you. But that's why, you know, in this class, if you look at the big picture, might not be in your best interest. If you're the Denver Broncos per se, if, if you're looking long-term, there's just an argument I'm throwing out there to go hell bent for high water on 
Aaron Rodgers because with your first round pick, you could draft a quarterback. All right, check that box and let Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Oden out and pardon uh, and Clint Kubiak develop them. And then with your two second round picks that you now have managed to retain because you didn't get Aaron Rodgers, you draft an edge rusher, you draft a tackle. And especially if your quarterback pick turned out to be the right one, within a two to three year window, this team could be a Cincinnati Bengals. This team could be, you know, a Buffalo Bills if you got the quarterback pick correct and Zach even if you don't go quarterback in the first round you don't trade for Aaron Rodgers you've got your first and two twos two threes right if I'm not mistaken all right five picks in the top 100 dude talk about stacking the shelves and building around for a young head coach and a young quarterback named Drew Locke one last go at the plate one last swing at the plate with Drew Locke you don't know what the uh, limits of that as a possibility could be talking about ceiling yeah, a, a point I wanted to make earlier was looking at those lists of the free agents. I don't see the Broncos signing uh, their quarterback, their right tackle, or their edge rusher on the open market. And if you look at the probability, those three positions, they're probably going to draft one of those guys in the first round. And if they don't draft that guy in the first round, they would trade, let's say, for Rodgers and use that first round pick at quarterback. I think there's a high likelihood wherever they end up picking, whether it's nine or they move down and stack more capital for, for Hackett and company, they're going to take an edge or they're going to take a right tackle. Those are the positions that they have to address. And everything to that point, on top of quarterback, obviously, everything to that point the last couple of weeks, all the smoke is indicating that's where they're looking. Uh, real quick, Eric says, uh, good evening, Priest. Next couple weeks, going to be very interesting. Well, it's always interesting to us fanatics here at MHH, and that includes, I speak for all of you as well. I mean, we parse through and analyze everything. I mean, p- some people don't understand it. Like the surface fans, I, I like to use, like my dad is a good example. Like he pays attention when the Broncos are on. He roots for the Broncos during the season but could never understand like what do you do when the season ends until the season starts like how can you turn on a microphone and talk for an hour how can you write what are these articles coming from nothing's happening no 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 that's where the true joy of this process of this business we're in for me comes to the surface it's so fun the the worst time covering Zach and this is for fans too the worst time is June and July, all of June and half of July is it's six weeks when they actually go on vacation leading up to training camp after all the OTAs and mini camps over. That is the only time where we're going, hmm, what should we write about and talk about today? All right, let's get creative here. Otherwise, man, the, the rumor mill, the newswire, Zach, the predicting the draft, predicting free agency. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. I was going to say, it's uh, if you're good at your job in this business, you'll have more work to do and, and more things to write and more content to create in the off season and not the regular season when things are very structured. We know what's happening every single day of the week. That's unpredictable in January, February, March, April. So we live for this. I, I love this time of year, and it's just getting started. We have the combine coming up and then free agency, that madness, maybe a trade for a certain quarterback, then the draft. It's the best. Love it. Michael, you are a prince, dude. Love you. You're on the leaderboard on Facebook so far. Appreciate you. Shout out to one of our great supporters, Clayton. Good to see you, big dog. Um, whoops. Uh, Rodney Garcia says, I kind of wish Simmons and PS2 were in the Pro Bowl. I do too. You know, Zach and I might maybe don't have a perfect uh, sharing a brain on this topic, but I think Simmons, if, if the Broncos were a playoff team, Simmons makes the Pro Bowl. That's one of the downsides of being on a no good team is the individual accolades are a lot harder to come by, even for the deserving players like Sertan and uh, Justin Simmons. I agree with that for sure. I mean, that's it's it's a popularity contest. We've been railing about that since we've been potting together, Chad, but it's gotten to an all-time low. If you happen to watch the highlights, they don't even tackle anymore. It's a charade, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, Travis says, uh, I'd have no issues with A-Rod, but I hope we find a rookie in the draft and develop him. He wants the old-fashioned way. We'll see, buddy. Andrew Baker, love you, big dog. Appreciate you. Is there a speedy wideout in the draft to hold KJ's place? Hamler might not be as good as he was pre-injury. Of course, coming off a pretty serious knee injury, multiple ligament tears. Hashtag MHH. 
Um, there are a lot of speed, <clears throat> pardon me, speedy receivers. Uh, Scott was down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he has a more uh, on point, probably, knowledge of what the class is looking like. For me, I'm still just scratching the surface on getting to know this this particular draft class, but that's a topic, Andrew. Now that the coaching um, rumors have started to die down, the hires have been made for the most part. Uh, that's something that I'll be turning my attention to a lot more. And I want to see also, speaking of our attention, I want to see what K.J. Hamler is, provided he does return healthy following that knee injury. I, I want to see what he can be because he was never used correctly by Pat Schirmer. He's a deep threat that was used as a decoy, much like Jerry Judy. So if he comes back healthy, that's your deep guy. And honestly, they're more of a dime a dozen than true, you know, toolsy, three-down wide receivers, you know, game-breaking wide receivers. Finding a guy that's really fast that can run a nine route, I mean, I'm sure the Broncos will, will get one guy if they want. Yes, indeed. Um, let me close this out real quick. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, I'm just excited for a new era of Broncos football with Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff. You should be, my friend. You really should be uh, excited. This is, uh, you know, turning the page. And finally, the Broncos – are saying, hey, we're going to hop on the train that the NFL, the direction that the NFL is going with young offense, West Coast, Shanahan, Gruden tree thing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do now in Denver, where once we were blind, now we can see the scales have fallen off our eyes. I mean, I don't know why it took them five long years to figure that out. I mean, Okay, on one hand, you botched it with VJ where you should have hired Kyle Shanahan and you didn't. Thank you, Rodney. But that second time, you could have hired Zach Taylor, dude. Or, I mean, look, those were the five guys that they interviewed. Taylor, Flores, Munchak, uh, Pagano, and Vic. If John Elway would have casted a wider net, I mean, look at all these guys that are getting jobs the last four cycles. Some of those guys, they were most of those guys, they were all in the NFL – if you had eyes to see, and if you were really looking, you could have gone and found one of those guys and hired him. Brian Dayball is another example, and then we'll grab Claude here. You said it yourself because it was Elway picking those groceries, and I still submit that his coaching failures were worse than his quarterback failures as the Broncos GM toward the end of his tenure. Uh, George Payton comes in first swing at the bat to pick his head coach, and he nails Nathaniel Hack. It doesn't go with Dan Quinn, for example, defensive-minded guy. He had a, a, list, a, a final list of three two of which were offensive young guys. So uh, he sees the way the wind is blowing as an expression we love to say on here, Chad. And it's very telling, again, when every one of the Broncos' assistants looking like Evero is DC, maybe Dwayne Stukes as special teams coordinator, they're all first-timers. They're all young guys. I think Peyton got the hint. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm looking at this uh, NFL draft buzz based on 40 time. You got the Alabama kid, uh, Jason Williams, who runs a purported 4-2-5-40 time. This is for you, Andrew Baker. You've got uh, Traylon Burks, who runs a 4-3-4 from uh, Arkansas. There's there's plenty of speed every year, Zach. There's speed That's in the freaking draft. Uh, Claude, it's sad, but what we've been doing hasn't been working. New coaches are just fine with me. Time has come. Out with the old, in with the new. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's it's time for a change. Then they gave it a go for three years with the Vic Fangio era, and Chad mentioned VJ before that, and they're just going with a full house cleaning. There, you know, there's no half measures taking place in Dove Valley. That's what I love about George Payton. He's 100 or 0 when he wants something or doesn't want something, and what he wanted was a full coaching reboot, and that's what's taking place right now. So I'm fully, fully on board. Claude, again, who would you like to see as our QB1 come week one? Who do you actually think it will be? I know we've got a ways to go. Just curious what the priests are thinking. Um, look, in a perfect world, you move a mountain or two and you get Aaron Rodgers here and you don't have a first or second round pick in 22 or 23, but you're, you're a competitive juggernaut for the next three years. You know, that would, as much as it pains me, this my my philosophy on that Zach has evolved since the draft time till now is if you can get Aaron Rodgers do what you got to do to get him as long as he gives you a reasonable assurance that he wants to play at least another three years barring that they're up to this point from what I've seen 
there is not a quarterback in this class that I believe day one is an upgrade over Drew Locke. And so if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to go pay through the nose to get Kirk Cousins, who, I mean, talk about mercenaries. I'm going, I'm running it back one more time with Drew, and I'm living to fight in 2023 as far as a quarterback goes. And who knows, I might just get lucky, Zach, and Drew Locke and Nathaniel Hackett hit it off, and that was exactly what Locke was needing, and boom, you're a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. I, I think the easy answer, obviously, is Aaron Rodgers. That's everyone's preferable quarterback one heading into 2022. Um, I don't know that I do whatever it takes to get him. I mean, four first-round picks, for example, and players and second-rounders, that's a, a bridge too far for a 39-year-old quarterback, even as good as he is. They eventually are going to have to have a long-term guy, so you can argue they should start this year. We just debate whether there's that guy in the draft, whether you're a Willis fan or not, or a Matt Corral fan, you know, a Sam Howell fan or not. I'm going to just say one thing, though. I'll leave it at that. Drew Locke as your fallback emergency option, you could do a lot worse. I agree. Phil McLaughlin, you are a prince. Appreciate you. Um, Albert Knoppers says, uh, even even though I expect a different quarterback, I still think Drew should get another go at it to see what he can really do with the new system. I'm always going to wonder. I just don't think – I have my doubts now that he really is a serious factor in Hackett's – plan here for the team just because it kind of was not kind of it was very conspicuous Zach in my opinion that Drew Locke's name did not come up in uh, the George Payton Nathaniel Hackett hello press conference and not just from either of those guys like saying his name unprompted but no one in the media brought up Drew Locke like he has been dismissed obviously now that part isn't surprising but you would think it would have been a topic, even at the very least, after 18 days before uh, George Payton said that that was one of the key questions each candidate was going to be asked is, what would your plan be for Drew? How would you? How could you help us get the most out of him? Why someone in that room didn't think about saying, hey, uh, by the way, George, or even Nathaniel, what is your take on Drew? You know, we know that George wanted – obviously asked you about that. What's your plan and what's your take on Drew Locke? Didn't even come up, which doesn't obviously, Zach, bode well as a harbinger, as an omen for his uh, per- perhaps marriage with with Nathaniel Hackett. But at the same time, it doesn't eliminate it either. Yeah, it could mean a lot, could mean a little, but I think it's, it's worth noting at least that George Payton doesn't seem to have the same endorsement of Drew Locke as he did last offseason. And, and most of that's understandable. If you're going to be competing for an Aaron Rodgers or for another quarterback upgrade, why would you commit to lock prematurely and give away your leverage? That doesn't send a good message to a potential outside suitor. So I think George Payton's playing the long game. He knows Locke's under contract. Locke's under contract. He's not going anywhere, and he can still go to bat and go to war for Aaron if he wants to, Russell Wilson, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he's playing it the right way. Uh, Lawrence, what's the deal with two-hand touch Pro Bowl? I don't know. That's just the way it is, dude. I'm I'm sure that's uh, rhetorical. We all know these guys don't want to risk their bodies for an all-star game. That's the that's the answer. Zach, this is something that people keep asking me about. I've teased it on a couple of um, VIP pods on Facebook. Clayton wants to know, is what's the story of your helmet in the background? So this helmet, all right, it's a John Elway old school helmet signed by John. It's one of my most treasured, prized possessions. The quick cliff note story, because we're late in the show, all right, is I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. Either way, I attended a um, fundraising uh, banquet thingy with my aunt, Kathy. Shout out to my aunt, Kathy, who's like a second mother to me. She's great. I love her to death. I wouldn't be here today talking to you guys if it wasn't for her. But she took me up to this thing. And uh, there were, you know, a lot of different Zach, you know, NFL guys and NBA guys, and they were trying to raise money for some uh, cause. I, I was too young. I don't even remember what the cause was. I don't remember. But basically, what you know, meet and greets, you have dinner. And then at the end, the whole thing was we're going to auction off some cool, um, you know, sports swag. This came up in an auction and my aunt started bidding on it. And I'm like, yo, she's going to get this for me, heck yeah, I got made in the shade, dude. She wins the bid, 
And then I'm thinking, yeah, I get to take this thing home. And she says, no, 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 this is coming home with me. I'm like, she couldn't care less about the Broncos. I'm like, what are you talking about? Come on now. And she goes, well, it's an incentive. And she gave me an incentive to uh, get straight A's in, in junior high or maybe it was high school. I think it was right before high school. So if you get this, if you average this GPA or something like that in high school at the end, this will be your gift waiting for you. This will be your reward if you, uh, you know, hit the home run. And so I was stoked. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm disappointed I don't get it in the moment, but okay, that gives me something to shoot for. It will be mine, like Wayne's World, right? Oh, yes, it will be mine. Then, it, you know, high school rolls around, and I wasn't a terrible student, but I sure as heck wasn't like 4-0 student. So the can gets kicked down the road. I don't I don't get the the helmet. And so she came up with another one for me in college, and being a dumb college kid, I didn't get that one either. And so then you start going, Zach, now 20 years plus into the future or whatever. And I kept every once in a while, I'd bug her about it. I'd be like, hey, why don't you just sell it to me? You know, you're, it's just sitting in your office collecting dust. Just sell it to me and I'll pay you what you spent. Or, you know, we'll try and get it valued and I'll buy it from you. You know, it was meant to be for me anyway, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then one day, and she would say, nope, 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 nope. And then one day I said it, totally not expecting her to say, yeah, okay. And I said, why don't you just let me take it home? She goes, okay, go grab it. Just like that. That was it. I'm like, really? You're letting me take it? She goes, yeah, take it. Go ahead. Finally, just go. I'm like, really? Stoked. So I got this bad boy home and I didn't bring it into uh, my office here until I got it insured. But yeah, that's the Cliff Notes story. Shout out to my Aunt Kathy. Love you. Great taste by Kathy. I, I love that color scheme. I think if the Broncos were ever to change their uniform, they should go with that uh, those colors. So very cool. Max Miller, thank you for that super chat, my friend. D.L. Drewlock is my cue. He and Hackett are going to click. Thank you, guys. Hey, dude, I am more inclined to believe that they will click than they won't. I mean, just from a personality perspective, very similar like t personality types. Like, I don't know. I can just see once those two get in a room together, I can see a... a you know, stepbrothers type uh, bromance brew. And I could see it happening. Now, hey, look, money talks, BS walks in the league. It's like, hey, what have you done for me lately? You just referenced, Zach, that it's production-based business. And Drew hasn't produced at the level that, you know, expectation demands. And so, heck, as much as they might hit it off, he might not be thinking, Drew. But I'm not sleeping on that as a possibility. Chad, did you or anyone see the uh, the video of Hackett and Justin Outen at the Nuggets game, and they were taking the tags off each other's hoodies, and it was right out of Step Brothers. It was hilarious, and I love the 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 camaraderie they already have and what they're bringing to Denver. A lot of energy, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Said a lot, they're going to score a lot of points. That's what Outen said. So I love hearing that. I got to be fair though. I, I'm I'm saying don't guarantee or don't expect the Broncos to land Aaron Rodgers. Well, don't expect. Hackett suddenly turned Drew Locke into a franchise quarterback. He still has a long ways to go, admittedly. This is coming from a Drew Locke guy as well. So if they can get an upgrade, great. But if they have to fall back on Drew, they're in a pretty good situation because of Hackett and company as well. Appreciate you, Jacob. Lawrence, I think four more wins due to coaching. But I'd say two of those games, I'd actually, I'd say actually player talent, just beating other teams became the factor. Uh, but honestly, after the Pro Bowl, Russell Wilson's got a crazy arm compared to other teams. I mean, yeah, we'll see, dude. We'll see. Um, it's easy to kind of live off the fumes of the elation of seeing Vic go. And, and then one of the top guys that you had your heart set on get hired to replace him and all that. But we need to see uh, how this offseason takes shape a little bit in terms of the puzzle pieces Still continue to flush out the coaching staff. Who's going to be in those positions? And then what are you doing at quarterback? What are you doing on the big roster holes? Time will tell, but I love the optimism. I really do. So now suddenly arm arm strength is the important asset here. It right. wouldn't matter with another quarterback in Denver, but it matters with Russell Wilson. He did look good in the Pro Bowl skills competition, whatever it was. But as we laid out with Aaron, a lot of things have to happen for a quarterback of that caliber to leave their current team. And apparently Seattle does not want to rebuild, and I think they're going to hang on to Russ for one more year, but we'll see. We're about out of time, guys. David Kilgore, legendary member of our community. Love you, big dog. Longtime Super Chat superstar. One of our favorite YouTube profile picks to this day. He says, I hope we get Kenny Pickett. Thoughts? 
Kenny Pickett is the Pittsburgh quarterback. Kind of had a little bit of a controversial week at the Senior Bowl, not necessarily because he wasn't like great, although he wasn't particularly great, but because Zach Kenny Pickett, who purportedly had has small hands, refused to let the Senior Bowl staff measure his hands. Now, that's part of what you do when you go to the Senior Bowl. It's like a meat market. First day, in fact, you know, you, you roll in probably on a on a Sunday night, sleep, get up. Monday, you go to the weigh-in where they these dudes walk out in their Under Armour drawers. That's it. That's all they're wearing. And you're sitting in the uh, seats. You know, it's like an auditorium. Uh, you're sitting in there as they wing these guys out, they weigh them, they measure them, and then they announce what it is. And everyone in media were all sitting there jotting it down as we go, okay, this dude's 6'4", he's 280, hand size is this. So it's not like, Zach, these prospects don't know. They know that's going to happen. And Kenny and his uh, camp preempted that by just simply refusing to allow his hands to get measured. What was his uh, argument or what did he say? Uh, I'm going to wait till was it was the, the combine. combine. Yeah. I'm double jointed like that yeah. makes a freaking bit of difference in how, you know, just, just get it out of the way, big dog. But these guys think they can do exercises because what they're measuring. All right. Is pinky to thumb. That's the distance that they're actually measuring. And the floor is nine and Kenny Pickett purportedly is under nine. He's in the eights. Yeah, I loved watching Pickett play the butler in Scary Movie 2, whatever it was, Chad, with the super tiny hands. Uh, that's the <laughs> argument against him, um, is that he has the super small hands. And uh, I think it's maybe a touch overrated, as someone pointed out in the comments. Joe Burrow was once labeled with small hands, and now Drew he's Locke. in the Super Bowl. Drew Locke exactly. was told, you know, barely nine inch or whatever. Um, hasn't did, you, you can't say that's affected him in the league and in bad weather games. I mean... He's played Drew in two of the worst weather games I've witnessed as a as a football fan, both of which came against the Chiefs, oddly enough. But I don't remember him loosey goosey dropping the ball everywhere because his hands were too small to fit around a wet football. I want to make one more point though about Pickett. Everyone clowns on him for his uh, hands and this and that and uh, what he did at the Senior Bowl, but apparently he interviewed really well with uh, teams that talk to him. And they, I, I think one scouting evaluator said it was Pickett and then a gap and then everybody else. So take that for what you what you will and uh, how important you rank that compared to hand size. But there are some assets to uh, Pickett's game as well. He, he definitely has some panache, man. He's an yeah. interesting guy. He really is. Jacob, thank you, big dog. Um, Phil, I was thinking that Jermaine Johnson might be a great grab at edge thoughts. Yeah, dude, that yeah. guy is very intriguing. Scott swung us on him. I mean, being up close and getting some vids on on that cat and seeing him going in the one-on-ones, like he's an interesting edge rusher. It'll be interesting to see where his draft stock ultimately falls, Zach, but he's definitely should be a target for this Broncos squad. I think he's going to be a first round pick when, when it's all said and done. It's a great uh, edge class, though, as far as I'm concerned, even especially at the top, uh, Ajabo and you have Jermaine Johnson. The Broncos, if they want an edge at nine or elsewhere, they'll get an edge in the first round. But I would love Johnson. I mean, his motor and his Vaughn level Ben chat around the edge is pretty tantalizing. All right, guys, we got a rapid fire. We're about out of time here. Um, let's see here. James. Hyatt, that's a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, my friend. Uh, stick around. Reach out. Connect on Twitter. All right. Um, let's see. We also have Wyatt. What's up, big dog? Saw a mock in the group <clears throat> that really impressed me. And I know it's a mock, and it's not likely to happen. Tackle Charles Cross in the first. Edge, Jermaine Johnson. And linebacker Chad Muma in the second. D-lineman Travis Jones in the third would be a nice haul in my eyes. It would be a nice haul. If you're going all in on Drew, that would have to be your answer because you wouldn't be able to get those dudes if you required uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Kirk Cousins. Thank you, Lana. I just love uh, addressing whatever mock that came from. They addressed the Broncos' biggest needs non-quarterback. They went tackle, they went edge, they went linebacker. Those are the positions they really have to place a premium on in the first three rounds, so I'd be fine with that. Thank you, big. By the way, Lamb, big-time stars. Thank you very much. That is very appreciated. Thank you. It really is. Helps keep the lights on here at MHH. Um, 
Rodney showing some love as he is wont to do. You're a legend, big dog. Um, with that, I think guys, Jacob throwing down like a boss. Shout out to you. Um, by the way, I see Howie freaking day in the chat. What's up, Howie? Rodney. Yeah, Albert O and Noah Fant are gonna kill it. Man, they just need a decent offensive coordinator calling plays, dude. They just need a Nathaniel Hackett doing what he does, and even with Drew Locke, both those guys would ball out. Uh, Mike Reno, pretty sure with the proper coaching, Locke can be a quality starter in this league. I, I believe that. Whether or not it shakes out for him that way, we shall see. Because your opportunity to strike while the iron's hot, or let's put it this way, the the duration of time as a young second-round quarterback, Zach, in which the iron is hot and ready uh, for you to strike, finite, dude. And it can be argued Drew's already that window's already come and gone for Drew, and it may be true. In fact, it's probably true, but I'm, I'm still hopeful. Yeah, I think he has a future in the NFL, at least for another season, to see what he can do, and maybe in a different system or eventually on another team. Maybe he could be a starter, but we don't know that as of right now. And in terms of Fan and Alberto, that's assuming they're both on the roster, at least one of them is, because if they trade for Aaron, maybe Green Bay asks for a tight end back in return. If they lose Devontae Adams especially, they want another pass catcher to make up for that. But regardless, the hirings of Hackett and Outen and maybe Embry, that's great news for the Broncos tight ends who are both uh, game-breaking threats. All right, guys. Much love. Appreciate each and every one of you. Zach will do our rundown. I'll, I'll pull up Facebook and see how we finish there. Let me just say I appreciate Mile High Mike getting my joke and making me feel <laughs> yeah. better about making that joke. So That's, uh, that's one of the most discomfitting scenes I've watched, dude. Just watching him do it with the food and I everything in that yeah. scene. Ugh. Yeah, I don't want him quarterbacking my team either. But that was the Huddle Up Podcast, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. I don't know why my name's not there. You can follow uh, Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a comfortable beanie, hoodie, hat like Chad's wearing, all right there, huddleuppod.com. And Facebook.com, we had a new episode of Coverman's Corner earlier today. We have Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone in full effect each and every week. Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Subscribe today and Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. Take a few seconds subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you that's right and i want to echo one thing every point these call outs we do at the end of each podcast each one of them is seriously very important to us and we hope that you take our calls to action seriously including subbing and liking the videos and sharing but guys we really need you to go like that huddle up podcast facebook page go give it a follow uh, big plans for that, but we can't really unleash the plans for that page till we get to to the to the scale we're we're going for. Now we're not even one year into its existence. We're coming up on that point, and we've grown that page tremendously thanks to you. But go like that page, guys. Shout out to these great supporters, Michael Ronquillo tonight finishing on top, maintaining Zach his number one position on the on the uh, in the standings, as it were. Jacob Foster, Rodney Garcia, Andrew Baker, Lena Carter. Lena L. Carter, pardon me, Phil McLaughlin, Claude Riley, Miguel Santistevan, Andrew Lampy, Mike Reno, Lawrence Rivera, Travis Tarbox, GLP, as we fondly call him, Gary Leeds Palmer, Howie Frickin' Day in the Frickin' House, love to frickin' see that, George Fox, Eric Weber, Wyatt Horning, and all of our Super Chat superstars, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow night. And then one quick announcement. There will not be a Broncos for breakfast tomorrow. Got a few things in the works between Scott and Nick that it's not going to allow it to be, but they'll be back Tuesday. So don't worry about it. We'll see you tomorrow night though. Can't wait. Take care guys. And as always go Broncos. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.